0: you uh, put well first you just wash your hands i'll just explain it then three drops Om maha om maha om maha shri vishnu and then you put three drops in your hand just wash your hands to the side shri vishnu shri vishnu shri vishnu and you drink you sip through this little uh, where you have your, I don't know, lifeline, I guess, where it's coming through, and you just drink there. And then we do it again, and then we do it again. And uh, so let's start, Let's uh, let's do it first, just as a test run. Okay, three drops into your right hand, and wash it to the side. Okay. Now, three drops. Again. No, no, hold it. Three drops. Om Kesha Raya Namaha, and sip. Three drops again. Om Narayana Raya maha. Three drops again, and Om Madhava Namaha. Okay, now you're the ones who have to say, Om Kesava Namaha, Om Raya Namaha, Om Madhava Namaha. Okay, okay. Now, before, don't start. Everyone can repeat. Om, om. pavitra pavitra pavitrova pavitrova no, om apavitra om, om. apavitra pavitrova pavitrova sarvavastam sarvavastam to piva jasmare jasmare subhaya, subhaya. Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu Okay now 3 drops And then Om Shri Govind 3 drops again Om Narayana Maha. Three drops again. Om Adhava Maha. Then three drops and wash to the side. Okay. Om. Om pavitro va pavitro va sarvastam sarvastam toopiva toopiva yasmare yasmare sundarikaaksham sundarikaaksham bhayaa aabyantaraa vishnu, vishnu, vishnu shri vishnu shri vishnu shri vishnu again three drops 1 2 3, Om Kesha Namaha. 1, 2, Om Narayanaya Namaha, 1, 2, Om Narayanaya Namaha, 3 drops and wash to the side. Okay, again. Om Paritra Pavitrova, Paritrova Topiva Sarvavastam Sarvavastam Topibha Topibha Sahaya, Rasmare Kundrikaakshaam Kundrikaakshaaya Vishnu Vishnu Okay 3 drops Om three drops, Om Narayana and three drops, Om Madhavaya and then three drops and wash to the side, and that's it with the purification. So, uh, apavitra, pavitra. Whether someone is impure, whether someone is pure, uh, if one <coughs> chants the holy name of the Lord, then he becomes uh, he becomes fully purified, uh, and he's qualified to to perform any Vedic sacrifice. Be that fire sacrifice, especially the Yagyag Sankirtana prayer, the Sankirtana of the whole Nine. Yam Namadeyam, Shravanadu Kirtayad, Yatsmaranad Yat Shravanadu Pachit, Sadop Sadya Shravanadu Kalpate, Kutapunasta, Bhavatad So, doesn't matter what type of birth one. Takes. There are, uh, especially here in Vrindavan, unfortunately, uh, still uh, people whose uh, so called sadhus or goswamis who uh, live by the misconception I'm going to need a little water that, uh, that unless you're born in a Brahmin family, then you can't become a Brahmin. And without being a Brahmin, you can't perform Vedic sacrifices. But that's not what Shastra says. Uh, Brahmin is someone who's Brahmin by qualification. Brahma, Janati, Brahmana. So someone who's qualified, what is? Uh, so Krishna says, Some of kshantir arjava jnana brahma so these are some of the qualifications. And then in Shastra, you have uh, then you have 12 qualifications, 8 qualifications, 16. So the uh, those qualifications uh, are rare. Srila uh, Prabhupada once wrote one of the Acharyas of the madhava Sampradaya. he said, if there are any Brahmins in this age, you are one. So Prabhupada didn't think very high, highly of Brahmins. You know, you can get on a rickshaw and the rickshaw walla will say, I'm a Brahmin. What kind of Brahmin drives a rickshaw? Anybody get on a rickshaw with Brahmins? Yeah, yeah, I happen to be many times. (coughs) I'm a Brahman. Okay, take me to Lohibisa. So someone becomes a Brahman if he has the qualifications of a Brahman. And the qualifications of a Brahman are such that they are, Either you're born with them, and that's not out of the question that someone is actually born with qualifications of Brahman, or <coughs> that someone acquires the qualifications, even if they're not born. Uh, so Narada Muni says, "Yatra Lakshanam <laughs> proktam punso varna Yatraya proktam. You should judge according to where you see the lakshana. And lakshana means where you see the qualities, the characteristics. And if the characteristics of a Brahmana are there, then you should accept. But that means one has to actually cultivate. If you're not born with those qualities, then you have to cultivate. Sama, equanimity, Tama, Socha cleanliness, kshanti, peacefulness, arjavam, jnanam, knowledge, vijyanam, realization, hastika, brahma, karma, one should cultivate these qualities. <coughs> uh, so <coughs> it's like how you cultivate uh, uh, peacefulness. Uh, you, you cultivate it according to the process that uh, Krishna teaches in the 11th canto. You cultivate the uh, mode of goodness, Uh, the characteristics of the mode of goodness. Uh, The voters should just disconnect their telephones so we're not getting all these noises. (coughs) And uh, so one becomes peaceful when one is in uh, goodness. Uh, One becomes uh, peaceful when he's free of material desires. One becomes peaceful when he doesn't envy other living entities, but rather, Pandita Samadarshana, he cultivates uh, the vision, spiritual vision, uh, within uh, every living entity. Then someone is peaceful. So this is also how uh, we need to cultivate. Cleanliness, big problem. Uh, in amongst devotees, that even after being initiated, they are not clean, Uh, and cleanliness really means (coughs) real, real cleanliness. Just like if you look around here, then things are relatively clean, Uh, considering that this is not just like a one-man apartment, but uh, so many people are (coughs) coming and going. So clean. And cleanliness also means because if someone uh, isn't clean, if someone is not clean in terms of his surroundings, if someone is not clean in terms of his or her appearance, then (coughs) he's not actually going to become clean at heart. And vice versa, if someone is not clean, you can tell how well someone chants their japa, you just see how well, they are clean. You know, if they don't keep cleanliness, then you know that they're not chani properly. Or you can go into their bathroom, and see the bathroom. That's like sort a of real telltale. Uh, so all of these things uh, uh, should be can be cultivated, uh, and uh, these are things that we need to actually pay attention to because unless one rises to the platform of sattva, sattva-sanjati-gyanam, unless one rises to the platform of sattva guna uh, one will not be able to practice bhakti-yoga properly. So, you can practice devotional service in any mode of nature, but only mode of goodness helps one rise to the transcendental mode, Uh, And, of course, even when one achieves goodness, then one has to learn how to give up goodness to come to transcendence, uh, because goodness also has its material trappings. So to actually come to that transcendental position. And uh, the most important, the uh, most important Gift uh, and the most wonderful thing that we've received is this holy name, which which does everything. It is. Uh, I forget. <coughs> I forget the verse. So uh, it is the supreme. Purifier uh, is the supreme religious practice, uh, and by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's grace, it's been made available to everyone. A uh, Hare Krishna Maha Mantra was here before. Well, it isn't that it wasn't known before, but it wasn't available to everyone. It was just available to some very rare souls who actually realized the importance and the significance uh, of the holy name of the lord so in chanting that holy name for devotees to make rapid advancement they must avoid offenses so what are these offenses Sadhuninda, sadunindo namnam paramam aparadam pithanthe Yatakyatam, Yakakatam, Tahate Tadvigaraham, Shiva Sashivishnuriya Yahaguna Saman, Yahihaguna, hmm? Someone was saying it. Diya Pashet Harinamahitakara, Guruvagya, Shutishastrindanam, Tatartovada, Nam no balad, yes, your hipapa boot here, no big jatata, Dharma, Brajat, tyaga Shutadi, Pramada, Ashradadha, P.S. Chinvati, Yas Upadesha, Shivna, Maparada, Shrutvapi, Dharma, Mahatmya, Yapriti, Ahitodama, Hamma, Madi, Paramoso, P.S. Yaparada. Someone look up the ten offences uh, C.C. Bhagatam just so that I don't uh, forget any sadhu ninda, parma ma So it says here, parma aparad is to offend sadhus. Um, so sadhu uh, means anyone who is inquiring after sat, anyone who's inquiring about nasate vidyate bhavo, So Krishna defines what a sadhu is. Someone who is actually interested in sat. And there are two things, there's sat and asat. So someone whose real interest in life is to go back home, back to Godhead, in short, that's a sadhu. And if you criticize that person, even if that person makes mistakes, even if that person falls down, uh, even if that person uh, is uh, uh, has some bad habits, because we've all come with bad habits and we want to cultivate braminical habits, but it won't happen overnight. So then that's sadhuninda, Of course. If someone commits crimes, that's one other thing. Uh, But then it's a question of who is the one who deals with the crimes. Uh, Just like in our world, who deals with crimes? Police, judiciary. Everyone in the country doesn't have to be concerned about someone's committing of crime. The people who have to be concerned are the people who can do something about it and who should do something about it. So sadhuninda, paramam para. Now, the next three are all sadhu Ninda. Next is sadhu, is the demigods. Demigods are also sadhu. So one shouldn't criticize the demigods. On the other hand, one shouldn't try to equate the demigods with supreme personality of Godhead. They are Vaishnavas, and most of them are uh, sakama bhaktas, the <coughs> devotees who are very entrenched uh, in their material life and enjoying whatever heavenly planet that they're on. And amongst those, there are a few pure devotees. So, Narado, Shambhu, Domura, <coughs> uh, like that. So we have our mahajanas, uh, and then other personalities, but for the most part it's rare because the temptation is very high. But, And this is of course the real disease in India, but to actually then worship uh, those demigods on the same level as Vishnu, it's it's the greatest offense you can commit to the demigods to start with, and it's an offense that you commit also to Lord Vishnu. And then gurur avagya. Then the third sadhuninda is to commit offense to spiritual master. And here, the way that offense goes is that gurur avagya. Uh, so it means uh, the instruction avagya, to ignore the instructions of spiritual master. There are two types of instructions. There's general instructions, and then there are specific instructions that devotees get Um, in Srila Prabhupada's time, and we see that now. Most most devotees, uh, it's rare when they get specific guidance, specific instruction as to how they should go about their own Krishna consciousness, their life, their ashram, and so on. Uh, generally, Srila uh, Prabhupada just passed that responsibility on to senior leaders uh, and uh, so on, or to devotees good intelligence. Uh, but there were general instructions that applied to everybody, and foremost of which is chanting 16 rounds, following four regulative principles, attending morning programs studying Śrīla Prabhupāda's books. So these are, these are musts and it's generic. That means it's, it's common to everybody. Everyone has to uh, do that. So to ignore these things becomes an offense. Uh, in one conversation, Śrīla Prabhupāda is telling one lady uh, that if you think that your spiritual master is printing books just for you to sell and not to read, he says, that is an offense. So Prabhupada's primary concern, you read that in the back of Chaitanya Charitamrita, is for his followers. Because they were the ones who are really going to be able to fully understand what those books are about. You can, and we do, we sell them to people outside, but it takes quite a while for people to really get the message when they're on their own, when they're still engaged in different sinful activities, uh, when they don't have the qualifications of association with Vaishnavas. So uh, Srila Prabhupada, therefore, primarily wrote those books for devotees. And secondarily, he wrote them for the world. Uh, they should be distributed by all means, uh, but devotees and uh, there were multiple occasions where devotees came with results. Sankatan devotees were there. They came with results to Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, are you reading my books?" <coughs> and the devotee replied, well, when I have time. And Prabhupada said, then what's the use? In other words, Prabhupada didn't find much use in selling books uh, for, by people who don't even read them. Um, so, because ultimately what happens? You get a perpetuating succession of people who just get everybody else to read the books, but, you know, bottom line is no one reads them. And you just sell the books, but no one's reading the books. So what's the point? So, yes, they should be read, they have to be studied, and you know I make make this point uh, because it really sort of came home to me that uh, you've, you're all here uh, d- depends on where you've studied or how far you've studied. At least most of you have gone to high school, some people have gone to university, college and how many books have you read from grade one up until how many books we've actually studied? And here there's only four, just four books. So it's not, not a high request, Guru uh, Ravagya, Shuti Shastra Nundanam, and then Committing offense to these books, which means that we don't believe what they say. Elephants are, four elephants are holding up the universe. You believe it? The big elephants, but there's four elephants holding up the universe. And there are birds that eat elephants, not those elephants, (laughs) that eat elephants and they fly. They're so big they fly from one planet to another The Shastra, and there's so many things. Timmy Dalafish, Prabhupada said, it's so big, it can eat a city in one gulp. (laughs) So what to speak of, that Shastra talks of the soul. So people say, I can't see the soul. Who cares what you can see? You may see it or not see it, but you believe it. and. What's the evidence for Shastra? That's exactly the point. There is no evidence. If you had to prove Shastra, that means there's something higher than Shastra. But Shastra is self-evident truth. And that's something that's accepted by all schools of thought in India. It doesn't matter whether you're Mayavadi, whether you're Shaivite, everybody accepts that Vedas are they're not written by any human being, uh, and uh, they don't require any type of proof or any uh, uh, evidence. So it's a logical fallacy to think, if I have to prove the Vedas, that means (coughs) that first of all me and whatever instrument I use, which is my intelligence, then that's actually higher than the Vedic literature. So, Vedas is the ultimate truth because it is the word of the Supreme Lord. And it's non different than Krishna. Vedashtisar eva Vedu, Vedanta Vedavid eva So, Krishna says, I, the one who wrote the Vedas. By all the Vedas am I to be known. And so, when we have, for instance, Bhagavad Gita is. The most well known and say commonly respected Vedic literature. Krishna says, Aham Sarvasya prabhavu, Matasarvam pravartate Iti Matva Bhajanti Mam buta Everything comes from me. Sarva. Aham Sarvasya Prabhava. So everything, Prabhava, everything emanates from me. Everything means everything. Everything means demigods, planets, universes. How can you prove it? We don't prove it. We take it on Krishna's word. Why? Because Krishna doesn't need any proof. But if you want to prove it, then you follow all of Krishna's instructions, and then you see, just like Arjun. Arjun wanted to see it. Okay, I I want to see this universal form. So then Krishna says, all right, I, you can see it, but it's it's just an insignificant part. So this whole universe is just it's just a part of my splendor. It's not a big thing, but for us it's a big thing. For Krishna, it's insignificant. So that's what... Uh, Haridas, when he was talking about Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, he told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if, if one, he's saying that you should just deliver all the living entities in this universe. And he said, oh, what's the loss? If you lose one, uh, uh, one universe, if one universe, all the living entities in this universe go back to God, uh, then it's just like, you know, a mustard seed. Just like you have a whole handful of mustard seeds. You lose one mustard seed. So what? Who notices the difference? It doesn't make any difference to you. Even the whole material creation doesn't make any difference to Krishna. Krishna has no particular interest in the material world uh, other than this is the place uh, from which living entities have the opportunity. Those wayward living entities who have fallen down to actually go back back to Krishna. Uh, so, Shruti Shastrindanam, Tatar Tovado, Harinam Nikalpanam. These are very uh, similar to think that statements of Shastra are exaggeration or that they're imaginary. <coughs> I mean, this is very favorite statement of Indologists that this is mythology. It's like devotees ask Prabhupada, Prabhupada, it is, not, how is it po- it's not possible for Maharaj Ugrasen's personal bodyguard, that's his personal bodyguard, to be four <laughs> quadrillion soldiers. So, four quadrillion is there's millions, there's billions, there's trillions, there's, I don't know, zillions. <laughs> It says that, that you can't fit them on the planet. Well, that's it. Bhagavatam says four quadrillion, and that's how many. Come in if uh, you're here. We've got lots of room inside. You can sit on a chair, if you like, over there. And uh, we've got more devotees coming. Yeah, please have a seat. And. Uh, So if it says four quadrillion, that's how many there are? Why? Well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, we're not about sense over here. We're about Shastra. So it says that it's there. It's not an exaggeration. It's not just. And or to think that, well, these are just sort of imaginary things, that there are heavenly planets, and there are the living entities living on the moon. We went to the moon. We didn't see anybody there. Prabhupada the said, you didn't go to the moon. You have gone to something that represents the moon, but you you didn't, you didn't go there. So it's like once we did this uh, video in Mayapur about showing what that means by having an ant. We had an ant. So Shambi Harry trained his ant to stay on my arm and not jump off. So it took a little while, the poor guy got so exhausted. So finally, the ant is on my arm. Is he really on my arm? Does he, does he know where he is? So you may go to the moon, but. Are you, are you really on the moon? Is he really on Shiva? Does he know who Shivam Swami is? He's just calling around here, says, you know, there's nothing here. There's uh, no life. There's uh, no, lo- no living entities. Uh, so, uh, yes. So we shouldn't think. It's neither exaggeration, neither it's imagination. Tatar the Harinam Nikalpuram Nano Balad Yasya Hippapa now, to commit sin on the strength of chanting the holy name. That uh, people, living entities, uh, you, uh, they will think that it says you chant Hare Krishna just once and it wipes out more sins than you can commit. Well, it doesn't matter. Then I commit some sin, then I'll just. Chant Hare Krishna and I will atone. This is very common. You see this. This is there in Christianity. Uh, they go for confession. I atone for my sin. Or, you know, I drink a little wine and I give I couldn't understand when I went to church. They give this little piece of bread. What am I supposed to do with this little piece of bread? Just made me hungry, just <laughs> ate a little piece of bread. And the wine certainly wasn't enough to uh, get anybody happy. So, uh, thinking that yes, now yeah, you just you commit sin, uh, but, and you come and one way or another you become free uh, from your sins. Jesus has accepted all my sins. He may, I would say, he may accept all your sins, but now you can't sin anymore. There's no such thing as people not sinning. They don't even know what sin is. So just like we were born in a culture where we didn't even know that meat-eating was wrong. It's, it's what everybody does. It's what you're raised with. It's what your parents teach you. So well, it came to a certain point where you started to uh, realize uh, what, uh, what it means to actually take the life of a living entity. So uh, committing sin on the strength of chanting the holy name. And then dharma <coughs> Or you think that this chanting Hare Krishna, it's, it's equivalent to some kind of religious activity, some sacrifice, some type of austerity, uh, none of those things. To think that it's equivalent to all of these is a great offense. This is Golokera Premadana Harinama Shankaritana. This is the gift of Goloka Brindavan. This is the, of all of Krishna's pastimes, Krishna's pastimes of uh, uh, Rasa dance is uh, Vishwanath calls it the Chakravarti, the emperor of all pastimes. I don't know where that was connected to his name, but uh, because he was also a Chakravarti. But this is the emperor, the emperor of all pastimes. Probably. Have we got a door open over there that everyone's? This is your relatives? Anyway. Uh, can, can, Move up a little we're getting Otherwise, I think this is the restaurant is coming in here. Yes. No, no, no. We are here for the divine occasion, actually, not huh? for the restaurant. We are here for the divine occasion, not for the restaurant. We especially are So are welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, uh, But then you should have come at 11 o'clock. Just like in class, in school. You come on time, or you don't come in. Uh, No one comes towards the end. So uh, or or to then, uh, after having uh, taken these vows, and we already spoke about that. Who's got the ten offenses? What am I leaving out? No? Ninth. No, huh? To instruct the faithless. We are reaching ninth. Eighth, we did karma karma. People. Uh, yes, yeah, so that. Right. And anything To you instruct, instruct the faithless, faithless person. person. Ashrat. To Ashrat. instruct the faithless, faithless person. Instruct the faithless yes. person. That you, education means you teach according to a person's ability to understand. So what's the point of teaching five-year-old children, I don't know, quantum mechanics? It just goes in one ear, it comes out the other. So what's the use of telling people who don't even believe in the existence of the soul about Krishna's pastimes? So, you preach according to qualification. So, uh, you practice and you teach according to a person's eligibility. And better shoot low than to shoot high. Because if one shoots high, then one may be committing an offense to the holy name. And that goes also, same thing in terms of, for instance, this function uh, is for a spiritual master to accept disciples who are not qualified, but to accept them some for some ulterior purpose. I'm collecting numbers, I'm collecting Dakshina, uh, I'm some materialistic person who will facilitate my life uh, or who will you know give me a nice comfortable uh, home to live in so uh, these things are all these things are all considered also to be uh, fall into that same category and the last one uh, to not have complete <coughs> faith in the holy name and uh, to be attached to the material Yes. That's a touching one. That uh, devotees have to want to give up material attachment. It may not be so easy to do it, but if you don't want it, then there's no way it's ever going to happen. If you want it, then it will happen in due course of time. So one has to practice Krishna consciousness like that, that, you know, uh, That's a very nice verse. It's in both Bhagavatam and it's in Ramayana. Same, word for word. So, that a devotee, when we take initiation, really means you say to Krishna, from this day on, I'm yours. And you tell me what to do. Do this. I'm trying, but I can't. That's all right, but when he says do this and you say no, I don't want to. Uh, it's jeopardizing my it's jeopardizing my plans in this world and my uh, my attachments and the objects of the senses. Then again, we're, we're committing uh, an offense. So yes, we're here. Sarva dharma prajj. So, Krishna is finishing Bhagavad Gita with this instruction. Mami Krami Now, and this is where Saranagati, this is where surrender begins. When one has actually given everything up. Actually, surrender, that process is also surrender. But then surrender requires knowledge. In Bhagavad Gita, there's not much information that we get about Krishna and much less information about devotional service. Uh, but in order to know, then we continue with Srimad Bhagavatam, but Bhagavad Gita qualifies us to read Srimad Bhagavatam. So Prabhupada was translating Bhagavatam all along, but the first book he published was Bhagavad Gita. So he wanted, wanted the devotees to have that. So these are ten offenses to the holy name. Uh, Devotees must be very careful to avoid these offenses. And uh, when we do, uh, when our chanting is offenseless, uh, then very quickly uh, all the impurities within the heart will become removed. Uh, And of course, Bhakti Mnod Thakur adds that what actually is the... Cause of all these offenses, and how can they be just summarized into one thing? Uh, and that—that uh, is—that uh, someone uh, devotees are inattentive, pramada, so that we're uh, we're not listening to the holy name. Our minds are going here, our minds are going <coughs> there, and we're not pulling them back either. So this then becomes a real uh, <coughs> fault uh, on the uh, part of uh, devotees. And this is probably the most difficult thing. Westerners don't have much problem with demigod worship. I've never even heard of them, uh, what to speak of worshiping them. So, but this is how to actually be attentive and to just hear the sound vibration of the holy name. Mangale Mangalam, harinama That's what I wanted to quote before. Uh, so yes, this is this is what they are chanting. Uh, I was saying that the rasa dance is the topmost pastime, and in the rasa dance they chant Hari Krishna, and the way Srila Prabhupada taught devotees to dance. Now we have all different types of dances. But hands up, one foot in front, one foot there. You read Govinda Lila Amrita, and you say, Khabaraj Goswami says, the gopis dance like that in a circle. Just one, Their hands up in the air, their feet one foot here, one foot there. So that's, uh, So that's our um, most important uh, thing. <coughs> so let's uh, let's move forward with uh, uh, hearing our prospective uh, uh, devotees uh, take their vows of initiation. This should just go there and offer obeisances first to Radha Damodar. In fact, you can both do that. And then Ambika, you can come first and then offer your is here. Uh, then you can offer obeisances to your mother. Do you do that in the mornings? Sometimes. <coughs> Sometimes. That's uh, Indian culture. Children get up. First thing they do is offer obeisances <coughs> to their mothers. Offer obeisances to your mother? No. Because it's a lack of education. Wait, 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 what did you just do? I have to pay obeisance to Radha Dhammadav. Did you say Pranam Mantra? Or just bow down? This bowing down doesn't work, it doesn't. Okay, Pranam Mantra. Huh? Press Guru Pranam Mantra, then Pranam Mantra, and then. Okay. Okay, then do it from this side. Otherwise, you have your feet towards the deities, and then your mother. And, uh, and then you, you can just get ready and any them. Hey, where's the beads? I can't. You have to give them to me. Okay, this is. Okay, this is ambiguous. That's that's two. You that's gave it two. by process of elimination, <laughs> tickets. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Say it. Say it. Say it. am <laughs> <laughs> not gonna kill anybody. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Right now, let's <laughs> <Am I? laughs> uh, Yes, correct. Can you put that? Okay, let's tell me, uh, vows. I will, uh, I will do. Sixteen rounds every day. I will follow four regulatory rules: no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication. Um, okay. So your name um, is uh, will name is Shrimati Vardhmani, and uh, both names today, and uh, it. Uh, Means one who is the topmost worshiper of uh, Krishna. So your name, uh, and it's actually found in the Bhagavatam. It's, uh, your name is Aradhana Devidasi. <laughs> is that okay? Yes. Aradhana Devidasi, please. Yeah. Okay, ready? Getting a little warm in here? No? no? Okay. Well, you're all sick. Okay, that come from this side. You have to also up and do it loudly. Loudly? I have to say the pronoun loudly. She asked me to give him the pronoun mantra. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, do you know it? Whisper in her ear. <laughs> tell her. You have to tell her. Tell her. Whisper her In her In her ear. ear. <coughs> it won't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> Slight profiles, first one. This was quick. She's leaving tomorrow. Yes. So usually we take our time. Okay, go ahead. I just got the recommendation today. <laughs> Four hours. Oh, okay. I promise that I will do minimum sixteen rounds every day. I will follow the four regulative principles: no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication. Okay. Uh, Your name is Neelam Fushimati Radarani, who who is the uh, queen of uh, Brindavan. This is like. Usually the name Rani means queen and uh, this is an uh, you know, extended form of that name that's often, is uh, usually uh, used as a, uh, as a second name or it's used as a standalone name. So your name is Takurani, David. with a th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was not <it> easy? Yeah. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Yeah. If you look that up, you'll see so many places how the actual accent and everything is given. OK. Now, uh, you're the only one who plays uh, Midanga, right? Yes. Does anybody here play Midanga? You can play it? Good? Perfect. Okay, well, then around. you play the... uh, Okay, Uh, you bring the medanga, and you can play the harmonium, Um, and we'll have a little kirtan. Uh, And then... uh, And then you're supposed to go to every street of Vrindavan? (laughs) That sounds really... uh, Quite extraordinary. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada ki Jai. Shri Sri Radha Damodar ki Jai. Jaya Nitaegor Premanandi. And someone's playing cartels. Okay, let's have a nice live weekend.